Hey, welcome to the Central Westland Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for downloading and thank you for listening. We hope that today you find God's Word to be encouraging, challenging, and inspiring your life today. We would love to connect with you through our Facebook page and Instagram page. All you got to do is look on Facebook or Instagram and search for Central Westland Church. Please know that we love you, we're praying for you, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. y'all. So today I want to take a few minutes, not very long, but a few minutes um, to um, look at two questions, hopefully try to answer two questions for you this morning. Um, Two tough questions, two questions that are hard to answer, but I believe it does us well, it does our heart and our soul well, and will benefit us greatly to be able to um, find the answer to these questions in the Word, and maybe it will uh, give us some strength and hope and faith and all that good stuff. Um, however, I got to preface this by saying I probably don't have the best answer to these two questions that I'm getting ready to try to answer for you. But I do hope to show you with scripture over the next few minutes um, and maybe you'll leave with some hope and some faith. Sound good? I know that's not real encouraging um, of a word to get started like, hey, I'm going to answer questions, but they may not be the best answers available. But I'm going to do my best and I'll leave the rest. To let, Lord, let the Lord take care of that with your heart. Um, Have you ever had times in your life, maybe you're there now, maybe you've been there before, where doubts creep in with your relationship with Jesus? Where maybe there's, you're going through a season, maybe it's a short season or a longer season, where there are times where what you believe to be true about the Lord, what we find in Scripture, the truth of Scripture does not match up with your experience of life. You ever have those times where you believe that God is good? I think we would all say that God is good. Amen. All the time. Thank you. Thank you. We have one old school person in here, and she's probably the youngest person in the building. So, um, Yeah, I think we would all agree that God is good, and we would probably all say that God is good all the time. However, what do we do when the truth of that statement And the experience that we're going through does not mesh together. I'm talking about those times where we lose our job, where our income is gone. I'm talking about those times where a husband or a wife leaves. I'm talking about those times when a mom or a dad leave. I'm talking about those times where you're in physical pain, when you're in emotional pain. I'm talking about those times where you're dealing with the death of a loved one, I'm talking about those heartbroken moments in life, those seasons of life where the truth that God is good and that God is good all the time is kind of hard to be seen. It's hard to understand. It's hard to see God being good when we're going through pain, when we're going through hurt, and when we're suffering in this life. I'm talking about those times. I have a buddy of mine in Denton. He has been here before. His name is Dwayne Freeman. He's the Taekwondo guy that has preached with the preached for us a couple of different times. He brought a group over here during our VBS um, over here and did a demonstration, um, and the kids loved it. My buddy Dwayne, he is in this season right now in his life. 
Dwayne's wife has been sick for, what, about a week or so, give or take? She spent how many days in the hospital? Five, six, seven days. Just got home yesterday. Um, there is a family, there is a husband and a wife, a mom and a dad who try to do good, who live a good life, who love the Lord with their heart, soul, mind, and strength, who loves themselves and the people and their family around them, who find themselves in a time of pain and hurt and suffering. That's the kind of moments I'm talking about. That's the season I'm talking about. When we try to do good, but around every corner, there's hurt. There's pain and there's suffering. The question is, why does God allow it? Why does God allow the hurt and the pain and the suffering? That's a question that's been asked for hundreds and thousands of years. That probably goes back to the very beginning of time. I found a quote by a Greek philosopher this week named Epicurus. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. We don't have people named Epicurus in Denton. But I think when I sound it out, the name is Epicurus. Megan, if you're looking for a baby name, Epicurus. Epicurus Davis. Is that, is that word good? No good? Okay. I got another name for you in a few minutes. We'll, we'll get there. Um, Epicurus Davis, I think, could be, could be on to something. You, Trent, do you like? Thank you. Thank you. Here's what Epicurus said. Epicurus lived 300 years before the time of Jesus. So this is in, the, the, in between the Old Testament and the New Testament time. Here's what Epicurus said. If God, is, if God is not able to prevent all evil, then he is not all powerful. Does that make sense? It does to me. Number two, if God is not willing to prevent all evil, then he is not all good. Does that make sense? It does to me. Number three, if God is both willing and good, then why does evil exist? And that's the thought, that's the mindset that I want to, us to spend some time tackling this morning, to think about this morning. And let me preface once again, I may not have the best answer for those questions for you this morning, but I do hope that when you leave in a few minutes, that you leave with some hope and faith from the Word um, in your life today. Sound good? All right. Um, the thought is, wrongfully so, is that a believer's life is not filled with evil, pain, and suffering. Can all the believers here in the house say that is not true? Amen? Amen. Evil, pain, and suffering is not contrary to the biblical story. Um, some say that some detractors of Jesus will say that Christians never talk about bad things. They'll say that Christians never talk about the evil and the suffering that people go through. Um, however, when you read through the scriptures, you will see that believers, people who love God greatly, still suffer through pain, heartache, and evil. You go all the way back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the beginning of the Jewish people. All three of those guys ran for their lives. All three of those guys went through pain, went through suffering. All three of those guys had to do what they had to do because people were trying to kill them. You look at uh, Moses. Moses was kicked out of Egypt and basically left in the desert to die alone. Read through all the prophets in the Old Testament. You will see almost every single prophet mentioned in the Old Testament where their lives were threatened because of the message that they were sharing from God. We see Daniel ended up in a lion's den. 
We see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego ended up in a fire. We see Jeremiah here in Scripture. He was known as the weeping prophet because he cried so much. We see David, who was described by God himself as a man after my own heart. Read through the book of Psalms and see if you don't see some suffering and heartache and anguish and pain. More times than not, the Psalms that David wrote, what you will see is this. David asking God, where you're at? How come you're not here? I need your help. Do you care? I'm right here. I'm running for my life. I need you. Get to the New Testament, we see John the Baptist. He was given the honor and the privilege of baptizing Jesus. Then he got thrown into jail, wrongfully so. And while he was in prison, he had doubts um, come into his mind and into his heart to the point where he sent some of his followers to Jesus to find out and to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah? Are you the one that we've been waiting for? This is the same guy who um, months earlier baptized Jesus, saw heaven open up, saw the doves come down, and maybe even heard the voice of God himself saying to Jesus, this is my son whom I love and I am well pleased. Pain and suffering is not contrary to the biblical story. We see after Jesus' crucifixion, all the disciples were in the upper room, scared to death to leave Jerusalem. Why? Because the Romans may find out they followed Jesus, and they would end up just like he did, in death on a cross. Um, in Psalm 73, we're going to look at Psalm 73 this morning. Um, Psalm 73 was written by a guy named Asaph. Asaph Davis. Pretty good. Better than Epicurus. No, you like Epicurus better? All right. Who's in charge of picking out the name for this baby, okay? It better not be Trent. I can tell by Megan's face. <laughs> We're going to be in trouble if it's Trent. I ain't going to be able to pronounce that kid's name either. Uh, anyway, Psalm 73. This is written by a guy named Asaph. Asaph was uh, the choir director. He was the worship leader at the time for the choir in the tabernacle. Here's what Asaph says in Psalm 73, starting in verse 11. What does God know, they ask? Does the Most High even know what's happening? Look at these wicked people enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain and suffering. Have you ever been there? Ever had those seasons in your life where you look at all the bad people prospering, and you see all the good people hurting and suffering. I hope to show you this morning, over the next 15 minutes, that Christianity, that Jesus, and that the Word of the Lord can bring hope to your pain and can give meaning to your suffering. Now, here's the deal. None of that will end the suffering because suffering is a part of our life, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But I do believe that Jesus Christ, his word, and him himself can bring meaning to and give hope in the midst of pain and suffering. Sound good? All right, the first question I want to try to answer for you this morning is, if God is loving, why do we suffer? And this was Epicurus's, 
Epicurus' question. If God is all-powerful, why do we suffer? If God is all-loving, why does evil exist? If God is loving, why today do we find ourselves in pain, in heartache, and in suffering today? Well, the answer is this. If love is an option, then suffering is a possibility. Does that make sense? I'm going to explain. If it doesn't, that's fine. I'm going to explain. If love is an option, then suffering is a possibility. The only real way that true love and real love can be measured is by knowing that it was chosen, not forced. Everybody follow? You ever hear the statement, love is blind? Not true. The thought of that is that love doesn't see the bad stuff that it loves, or love doesn't care about the bad stuff that it loves. Can I tell you, nothing is further from the truth today. Because real love, true love, it sees the unloving parts and chooses to love anyway. Does that make sense? So when love is an option, when love is a choice, then the opposite of that is pain and suffering and evil. We do this in our relationships. I have a wonderful, gorgeous, talented, beautiful, smart, borderline genius wife. She's sitting right here. She's great. She's the best, the absolute best. Now, can I be honest? She has some unloving qualities. Not many. Not many. Not many. She don't like watching football. She cannot sit down and watch a whole Tar Heel basketball game. She doesn't care a thing about Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, and the Macho Man Randy Savage. It's amazing we got married, y'all. Now that I think about it, now that I'm thinking about it, like it's amazing we got married. She has a few unloving qualities. And now here's the deal. I know about those unloving qualities, but I choose to love anyway. She knows about the one that I have. I don't know what it is. She tells me I have one. I don't know. She chooses to love anyway. When love is a choice, suffering is a possibility. Because there has to be the opposite end of that love and that choice. Does everybody follow? Can I tell you today that God's love for you is not blind? God knows your unloving qualities. He knows your 
struggle. He knows your temptation. He knows your sin. He knows where you've fallen. He knows when you've messed up. Psalm 139 tells us that God knows everything about us, that he knows our thoughts. He knows when we get up, when we lay down. He knows when we go out, when we come in. He knows when we go left when we, when, and when we go right. God knows every part about you today. God knows the ugly, dark, secret stuff inside of your life that you don't want anybody else to know. God knows about that, and he chooses to love anyway. And the same is true in our relationship with Jesus. Now, good luckily for us, there's no unloving part of Jesus. But it is a choice for us to love him. Today, you and I, we have a great deal, a great honor in the fact that we have a free will to be able to choose whether we love Jesus back or not. Does that make sense? Everybody follow? So when we choose to love him back, we are choosing to love. If we choose not to love him back, then we're choosing to turn away from him, which is what the Bible calls sin. So you either choose to love back or you choose to live against. So when love is a choice, Suffering and pain and evil is a possibility. So for God to remove the suffering, for God to remove the pain, for God to remove the evil, he would have to remove the option, the free will, the choice that we have, or he would have to take us out altogether. Now let me say this. The, um, the hurt, the pain... The suffering in our lives today is not evidence of an unloving God. Does that make sense? Let me illustrate. Let me illustrate. Growing up as a kid, I had a lot of unloving qualities. My mama and daddy spanked those out of me. (laughs) My mama kept a fly swatter behind the couch for a purpose, and it was not to kill flies. It was to keep me in line. She didn't whip me because she didn't love me. Right? She whipped me because she loved me and wanted better for me. Now, as a dad, that makes sense. Because I have a nine-year-old kid, and he is wild as can be. And it's looking like all signs are pointing to the two-year-old kid is trending in his direction. We were really hoping and praying and believing in faith that she would be the calm one. But I think the Lord's got other plans for us. I've got more gray hair for my beard coming because of the second one after it all turns gray the first time because of the first one. I was telling somebody earlier, I forgot who it was, I was looking at a picture a while back of me, my dad, and TJ. When TJ was like four, we were sitting outside. We took a quick picture. Y'all, my beard was like black as could be. This is when he was four. He just turned nine, and there's very little black left. I blame TJ for that. And Annalise just going to finish it off, okay? She's just going to finish it off. But they're the best. They're great. However, there are times where their unloving qualities come out, 
we choose to love anyway. But with that love comes a little pop on the bottom, comes a little pop of the hands, comes a little, no, you can't do this, comes a little, don't you talk to me that way or I will pop your bottom like nobody's business. And sometimes comes an elbow drop off the top rope or a kick to the face. Amen, mom and dad. I don't beat my kids. I'm joking. A kid, a kid, kind of kid. I did, forget it. When I disciplined TJ, because I'm not going to discipline an elite. Kelly, you're going to have to take care of that. I can't do it. I can pop TJ's bottle, no problem. But I ain't messing with an elite. She's the best. She's the best. When she said, Daddy, you want to come play with me? Yes, I do. It don't matter if it's 7.30 in the morning. I'll play with you. When we discipline the kids, mom and dad, we don't do it out of not love. We don't do it because we don't love them. We do it because we want something better for them. We want them to live with respect. We want them to learn to follow directions. We want to keep them out of jail when they get old enough to go to jail for breaking the law that you're trying to teach them not to break when they're 12. Right? How many of you have had a physical surgery in your life? My man Mark Johnson just had one recently. Mark, matter of fact, Mark was here the other day telling me he goes to physical therapy and they have to like physically move his arm. I said, what does that feel like, Mark? He said, not good. Not good. Now, is that physical therapist moving Mark's arm to cause him pain? Does it cause pain? It causes pain, but he's not doing it because he doesn't love Mark. He's doing it to help Mark's shoulder get to where it needs to be. He's doing it because something better is coming. Can I tell you today that the evidence of evil and pain and suffering in your life today is not evidence that God doesn't love? Is it possible that it's evidence that where you're at today is not where God's going to have you tomorrow? Is it possible that there's a future ahead, there's better days ahead, there's greater days ahead? And can I tell you there are days ahead with no pain, with no evil, with no suffering, with no sin, with no tears, with no brokenhearted. Now that's only going to get here when heaven comes down. But find hope today. Find faith today that in the midst of your pain and your heartache today, two things is true. One, God loves, and two, better days are coming. Amen? Amen. Question number two. Question number two. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to good people? Now, this was Asaph's question in Psalm 73. He said, did I keep my heart pure in vain while all the evildoers, while all those bad guys, they're prospering? Let me try to answer this question for you. Um, to answer that question, you have to assume that people are good. Does that make sense? Why do bad things happen to good people? To ask that question and to try to answer that question, 
you have to assume that people are good. Can I tell you something this morning? We're not. We're not. Biblically speaking, you and I today are not good people. Now, we may do some nice things. We may pay for somebody's meal. We may let somebody cut in front of us coming up 64 when we're in a hurry. We may help somebody move. By the way, if I had the ability to give out free tickets to heaven, I would give one to everybody that helps somebody else move. If you have helped me move a box, you're going to heaven. Amen? Amen. However, I don't have that ability today. We may do good things. We may be really nice to people. We may not cuss anybody out today. We may hold a door open for somebody. We may give somebody a compliment. We may do nice things. But scripturally speaking, biblically speaking, you and I today are not good people. We're born with a sin nature, what the Bible calls. We're born with a bent towards sin. We're born with sin in our heart and on our mind. We're born away, going moving away from a holy and perfect and righteous God. We today are not good people. There's only been one time in the history of the world that something bad has happened to a good person. One time. And that was Jesus Christ. That was the perfect, spotless, sinless, holy Son of God who left heaven, who abandoned the glory of heaven, born into poverty to an unwed teenage mother, had friends and family reject him, had friends and family abandon him, who was beaten who was stripped naked and who was nailed to a cross and who hung on the cross for six hours, was stabbed in the side and was buried in the ground. That's what it looks like for something bad to happen to a good person. Now, is it possible that the same truth that we just talked about that there's better th days ahead, that good can come out of that evil, that good can come out of that suffering. Is it possible that because of that bad that happened to that one good person, that you and I today could benefit from that good that happened to that bad of that one good person? Huh? Somebody talk to me. You and I today, my friends, we can sit here fully forgiven, fully free and with a ticket to heaven today because of that bad that happened to that good person today. You and I today, we can sit here forgiven. We can sit here made whole. We can sit here with a second, third, fourth, 896th chance today because of that bad that happened to that good person. We can sing songs, we can worship, we can clap, we can shout, we can run, we can dance, we can do all of that to a holy God, to a loving God, to a good God that, have, that caused bad to happen to one good. I want to tell you today, please know and accept today, does bad happen to good? No. Bad happens to bad. 
but it happened once. And because of that one time, you benefit from it. You benefit. What good come out of bad happening to good? The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. What does that mean for you and I today? We can have eternal life in heaven. John 3.16, the most famous verse in all of Scripture, tells us, plainly, tells us plainly, For God so loved the world that whoever believes shall not die, but have everlasting life. Does bad happen to good people? No, we're not good people. Can the pain and heartache and suffering that you find yourself in today, can good come out of that? You bet it can. You bet it can. Let's look at Psalm 73. Look at our friend Asaph here. Let's see how he finished this psalm. Psalm 73, look at verse 16, says this. I'm on the wrong page. Verse 16 says this. This is Asaph talking. When I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply. Anybody ever been there? You try to figure out why evil exists and you just cause yourself more trouble? Keep reading. Verse 17. Till I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood their final destiny. It was in God's presence when Asaph understood what the future holds. Can I tell you today, in the midst of your pain today, in the midst of your suffering today, in the midst of your troubles today, there is eternity coming. Help is on the way. Rescue is on the way. Heaven is on the way. Jesus is coming. He's on the way to take you, the believers of Christ, to be at home with Him in heaven for all eternity. And we talked about that a few weeks ago when we get to heaven, what it's going to be like. No sin, no heartache, no tears, no division, streets of gold. It's going to be amazing. But it's not here today, but we can have hope that it's on the way. Amen? Keep reading. Look, go down to verse 23. Uh, Psalm 73, 23. Asap says, Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with the counsel. And afterward, you will take me into glory. Amen? Keep reading. Verse 25. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever oh. let me close with this when love is an option suffering is a possibility you may find yourself today in a place of hurt in a place of pain in a place of suffering in a place of doubt in a place of not being able to see what's coming and you may not ever be able to know the purpose of your pain and the purpose of your suffering on this side of heaven. But we're promised heaven. My friends, that's how good God is. Only God can take the hurt and the suffering and the evil in the world today and make something good come out of it. Only God can take a cross, a piece of wood, and make something good come out of it. 
Only God can take three nails to nail a man to a cross and make something good come out of it. Only God can take bloodshed on a cross and make something good come out of it. Can I encourage you today, if you find yourself in a place of suffering and hurt, find faith, find hope, find the future as Asaph did in the presence of God Almighty. Because he, my friends, is a good God that can make good come out of any evil today. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. I hope you know that the best part of your life is yet to come. It hasn't already happened. You've had good days in your life, I hope. (laughs) I hope you have. The best is yet to come. You may think you were in your prime a couple years ago. No, 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 no. The best is yet to come. You may find yourself in physical pain this morning. The best is yet to come. You may find yourself in emotional pain. The best is yet to come. You may find yourself with questions and doubts and worries and fears and anxieties. The best is yet to come to come because he is good he has a plan and that plan is for your good and only God can take the evil the suffering and the hurt today and make good come out of it you're going to be okay you're going to be okay Everybody look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Better days are ahead. Better days are ahead. Amen. Let's worship together.